0: Well, it's been a a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. A living relationship. A man who was very comfortable with being on his own in the presence of the Holy Spirit was a Zulu preacher by the name of William Duma. He was a man who would do nothing without seeking the counsel of God something he would do before making any decision. He was invited together with a number of other preachers to go to Israel as a small gift for his contribution towards the spreading of the gospel. The other preachers accepted the kind invitation and were so excited, literally packing their bags. William Duma, however, asked if he could respond to the organizers the next day, as he first wanted to ask his Lord Holy Spirit about whether he should go or not. This is the kind of relationship that sustains a person when they get older and their loved ones depart ahead of them for heaven, an intimate friendship with God. As we grow older, we learn to become more patient, to wait upon the Lord, This we find much easier to do than when we were young. It is also because of our physical limitations. We are not as strong as we used to be and carry ailments that tend to slow us down. There is nothing like a little discomfort to slow a person down and keep them humble. Waiting on the Lord Many of us struggle in our quiet time to hear from God, because we are not prepared to wait for an answer. The Lord sometimes does not even reply to our requests. That is also an answer. It means, wait, I am going to come back to you on that one. In this modern world, we are continually challenged by time. Everything has to be done immediately, and it teaches us to be very impatient. When I go into Central Africa to preach to our African brethren, I am always amazed at the beautiful way in which Africans wait with such grace. In rural areas, they might wait many hours for a bus or taxi to arrive. In the Western world, people get upset if a train is even five minutes late. We need to be prepared to wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to us in our quiet times to get the right answer before we go into the battlefield. The scripture of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 is very well known. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There are many believers walking around who are totally wounded and ineffective, because they are not prepared to wait upon the Lord. As we get older, we become more adept at waiting to hear from God. As we age, when we do something once, it has to be done correctly, because we don't have the strength to do it ten times over, like we used to do when we were young and impulsive. I don't know about you, but sometimes I would do the same thing a number of times to get it right. I can't do that anymore. I need to wait upon the Lord, get clear instruction from Him, and then to do it once and once only, positively and correctly. Jesus was never late for an appointment. He was never early either. He was always right on time. I think of the account in the Bible when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The people thought that Jesus arrived four days late. But he was spot on time. That miracle transformed the whole of Bethany and the entire district. It is very important in God's service to hear the voice of the Lord. That often takes time and it could take days in order to get a clear directive from the Lord to fulfill His calling on your life. Remember what we always say at Shalom. A good idea is not necessarily a God idea, and a need does not justify a cause. We must only do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, nothing more and nothing less. Chapter 11, Walking by Faith Walking by faith is impossible without having regular quiet times with the Master. Why? You might very well ask. Well, God's holy word is very clear on the fact that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Whenever I am confronted with a major task to carry out for Jesus, I find myself gravitating towards my booth, desperate to hear a clear word of confirmation from Him. At Shalom, we have a favorite saying, and it goes like this, you must attempt something which is so big that if it's not from God, it is doomed to fail. And this is because when it works, people know for sure that something of that magnitude could never have been achieved without divine help. People must conclude that it was God's hand at work. If there is one thing I have found in my journey with Jesus, it is this. Don't ever touch God's glory. The only way we can please God is by faith. It really encourages me when I hear of young men or women going aside and taking time to receive confirmation before they tackle a project in faith for Jesus. Faith is very contagious, just like doubt is. And so, to receive more faith and to grow in faith, we must spend more time in the presence of the faithful one, Jesus Christ, and in His Word. When you start reading faith-building Bible verses like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, or is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis chapter 18 verse 14, or my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 19, and if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, you'll find your faith becoming stronger. There is a great difference between that kind of encouragement and the kind that you receive from people who would probably say, you are stark raving mad to believe promises that were written so long ago. Indeed, that is why Jesus says, do not cast your pearls before swine. Matthew chapter 7 verse 6, simply because these kinds of people do not understand the principles of faith. They don't understand that in Jesus' economy, two times two equals seven, or that God always honors the step of faith, not presumption. I often say to people that when I go home to be with the Lord, I would like the words, God always honors faith to be engraved on my tombstone, because this is something I have personally experienced in my own life. It's not good works, but raw faith in Jesus Christ that the Lord rewards. When faith steps in, fear steps out. Whatever significant work I have ever done for God always starts off in my booth. When I come with the vision given me by Jesus, I need to be extremely careful with whom I share it. The kinds of comment one receives from non-believers and Christians who choose a safe spiritual journey say things like, who do you think you are? Where is the money coming from? And so on. The amazing thing is that not once has the Father failed me when I have truly sought Him with all my heart. Many a time I have stood on a platform, tears streaming down my face, as I see with my very own eyes what God promised me in my booth. He assured me that he could do amazing things through me if I would only believe. Through what God has done, stadiums have been packed to capacity, expenses fully met, the sick healed, blind people have been given their sight, deaf ears have been unstopped, and disabled people have walked. Even weather patterns have changed, with droughts broken in places desperate for rain. Doors have opened all over the world for me to preach God's holy word. To see with my own eyes, reconciliation among different racial groups has been very rewarding. I've had preaching appointments that I could only dream of, like preaching at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, the holiest place on earth for the Jewish people. I've spoken to people from different religions, classes, and creeds, from kings to presidents, and from the wealthy to the poorest of the poor. What an incredible honor it has been. Do you know the most exciting thing of all? It is that Father God is no respecter of persons. He uses ordinary people like me to do His work. We can achieve so much if we would just come aside, step into our booth, and take time waiting on Him. All the glory goes to Jesus. I could simply go on and on about His greatness. There is only one thing that Jesus cannot do, and that is to work through a heart that does not believe. He cannot work through a person who refuses to do what he asks of them because they just will not believe it's possible. My prayer for everyone who reads this book is that they may start spending quality and quantity time each day in their booths, waiting to hear God speak to their hearts, building them up in faith so that they can truly tell the mountain to be thrown into the sea. Jew from Heaven. Recently, during my early morning devotions, I read a beautiful story out of the wonderful devotional called Streams in the Desert. In it, Dr. Partington writes about the absolute importance of early morning Jew on farmlands, flowers, and grasses. I can really vouch for that because, as a farmer, I cannot count the times that I have been saved from a total crop failure because of that precious, God-sent, early morning dew. I've been growing seed maize for over 30 years, an extremely expensive crop to grow with huge input costs on dry land with no irrigation. We have had to depend entirely on every drop of moisture to be sent from heaven. Maize is designed by God in such a way that its leaves collect the moisture and funnel the dew down to the base of the maize stalk for the roots to take it all in. Most ingenious. In order for the dew to settle each night, the conditions must be perfect. No wind or excessive heat, Likewise, Pardington says the same conditions apply to the Christian who needs life-giving spiritual Jew in order to live. Even as a physical Jew keeps plants alive, so spiritual Jew is needed to keep Christians spiritually alive. Many believers do not realize the need for this early morning Jew in their lives and that's why they are withered and weary. Yes, it's spiritual renewal we need, and we find it in early morning Jew. Not partaking of this Jew, says Paddington, is like a foolish laborer who thinks that he can work all day without food. Well, the same thing applies to a servant of God who thinks that he can minister without eating and drinking of that heavenly manna every day. We cannot have spiritual nourishment occasionally. We need renewal from the Holy Spirit every day. Linger longer. Heavenly Jew is the difference between feeling full of energy and feeling worn out and bone weary. It is in quietness and stillness that we receive the spiritual dew from heaven, just like natural dew. We need to wait quietly for our blessed Holy Spirit to send His dew each day. As plants open their pores each day before the blistering sun arrives, they receive an invigorating bath. So too do we Christians when we receive that spiritual dew from heaven. By lingering in God's presence, we are totally refreshed, but we must be still before Him because a heart of haste and disquiet will prevent us from receiving the dew. It is only in stillness and quietness that the moisture from heaven will refresh us. The Father says in Psalm 46 and verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. It is then that walking on the water seems normal, and watching God multiply fish and bread, feeding 5,000 becomes another expected miracle. One can literally start living a supernatural life. Unbeknown to us, our faith starts growing. Desperate people bring their sick and tormented loved ones and ask us to pray for them. And yes, God heals them. Why, you ask? Because our Father honors prayers of faith, not just prayer, but genuine, heart-rendering, faithful prayer. So, as we continue to wait patiently for the Lord Jesus Christ in our booths, He will increase our faith for whatever task is at hand. That is why we see so often that as God raises up mighty men and women of God for huge tasks, you will find that they all gravitate more and more to their booths. Why? Well, it's simple, because that is where they find the faith and strength for the tasks that lie ahead. My friend Cornelius Van Hagen wrote a beautiful song that became an absolute hit with the Mighty Men conferences we had on the farm. Andy, my oldest son, led the praise and worship each time, and when we sang, In the stillness of who you are, together, it felt like the dew from heaven was descending upon us. I will never forget the oceans of tears I saw from the platform each time we sang it. One man in particular, my best friend, Peter Goosen, who has since been called home to glory after fighting a tough battle with brain cancer, really loved this song. It lifted him every time we sang it together with the multitudes of men. And he would always say to me, but Jesus says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And that's how this mighty man of God fought his final battle, by spending time in the stillness and peace of God in his booth, which was a little cottage at the bottom of the garden. The lyrics of this precious song go like this, in the stillness of who you are, there I find peace. In the stillness of who you are, I see your heart. In the stillness of who you are, there I find peace. In the stillness of who you are, I know that you know. That you know my name, that you know my life. Still you love me, my Lord, still you care for me. I am the dream in your heart, and you keep me right there. In the fullness of who you are, I know that you know. Once we establish this kind of relationship with the living God, then our faith soars to new heights and those mountains in our lives become mere molehills. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Booth.